Here I am down on my knees again, surrendering all. Surrendering all. It makes me wonder sometimes that little phrase, because I find myself in that little phrase many times over. Here I am down on my knees again, surrendering all again. How many times I've come to that point of surrender and I just surrender all to God, only to find myself a week or so later going back to that same place, surrendering all again. Because somewhere between Monday through Saturday, I picked it up and I thought I could do it on my own again. And I failed again. And I come to that point in which I realize, what am I doing to me again? But it's all about that desire not to get together and sing songs once a week, not to come and check our card and say, well, I went to church. God put me present for today. It is this desire. I want to know you more. How much there is of God, I still don't understand and don't know. How much is there of God to be known yet? And what this song implies is that I will not know him any more than the level of my surrender. As I surrender more, I get to know him more. And since there is no limit to knowing him, then there is no limit on my surrendering of me. That's an amazing song. Thank you, David, for letting God lead you in choosing the songs for worship today. Were we glad to see the ballas back? Yay, the ballas are back. They went to a place where there is a lot of what we don't have here, rain. So much so that we need to be in prayer for people down in Texas for all the flooding that they've received in this past week. And there's a lot of loss and a lot of damage done. The news says five fatalities so far. So that's pretty incredible what a lot of water can do. We are very experienced of what so little water can do. So we pray for God to give us rain at the same time. And uh, we're glad to see some visitors with us. Our friend John brought his brother and sister-in-law and Very glad to have you here today. And right behind, there is a little girl that we hadn't seen for a while. Glad to see you back with us. We're all very happy to be here. <clears throat> There's going to be some training classes for sharing our faith happening starting next Saturday. Um, we're going to be using the clubhouse at Jen's place. So if you have, uh, need the address, you can come to Jan or to Mike or whoever knows the address. <clears throat> and uh, it's just there. Easy to get to or hard to get to depends. You miss the entrance, you're going to have a hard time finding it. But yeah, behind Walmart, that's where it is. So uh, we're going to be there from 7 to 9.
uh, for two Saturdays in a row for uh, training in sharing our faith. <clears throat> then I've also been uh, talking to our friend John to come up with ideas <clears throat> how we can utilize his talents and gifts that he has. And uh, as a matter of fact, he's the one that came up with suggestions. So let's prepare ourselves for having a nice good old potluck for the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And we can invite some friends for that. And then he's going to come and share his gift with us all in a very unique way and have fun. He says, I like when we can have fun. I thought, well, fun sounds good to me. So let's uh, prepare ourselves for that Sunday, which is uh, three Sundays from now. Yeah, I know. So put some beans in the pot and let's come and have a potluck. Well, it doesn't have to be beans, okay? <laughs> and then uh, from the children's uh, teachers, I hear that they're preparing a Christmas program for the Sunday before Christmas. And they're going to have a play for us. And they're also, besides the children, there are some youth that are going to be involved and a lot of work and preparation. So let's get all that in our, in our minds and prayers and a lot of prayers so we can uh, have fun, enjoy the, the holidays, enjoy the time together. And at the same time, we can share our faith through these activities. So thank you. Keep that in your mind. Make notes and let's pray about all these things that are coming up. Today I'm going to be reading from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 3 down to verse 10, where it says, For forty days after Jesus had suffered and died, he proved in many ways that he had been raised from the dead. He appeared to his apostles and spoke to them about God's kingdom. While he was still with them, he said, Don't leave Jerusalem yet. Wait here for the Father to give you the Holy Spirit, just as I told you he has promised to do. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will baptize with the Holy Spirit. While the apostles were still with Jesus, they asked him, Lord, are you now going to give Israel its own kingdom, king again? Jesus said to them, You don't need to know the time of those events that only the Father controls, but the Holy Spirit will come upon you and give you power. Then you will tell everyone about me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and everywhere in the world. After Jesus had said this, and while they were watching, he was taken up into a cloud. They, they could not see him, but as he went up, they kept looking up into the skies. Today's message called The Secret Weapon. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this wonderful afternoon you have given us, a time that we can come and, and meet and be together and enjoy one another's company sing songs of praise unto your name, bring our petitions and requests before your throne, knowing that you listen to our prayers and you answer. And Father, we will have communion at the end of the service, coming together as a family around the table to celebrate and remember Jesus, your son. But at this moment, I pray, Father, that you will speak to us, that the scriptures read make bring truth, conviction, life into our hearts. 
We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. If we look into the state of affairs in the world, should we ask what reason do we have to be hopeful? Wars, religious intolerance, and religious ignorance, practical atheism, egocentrism, greed, poverty, rampant immorality, political expediency, drugs, murder, violence, disregard for human life, legalization of drugs, legalization of suicide, legalization of abortion, dehumanization of Christian values. The question is, do we still think that the message of the crucified Savior is the answer? Do we really think that ISIS, socialist ideologies, threat of nuclear war, famine, genocide, human trafficking, drug cartels, and all of that can be stopped by the 2,000-year-old message of the gospel. What about the worst of all the dangers? You may be thinking, whoa, is there something worse than what you read? I believe there is something even worse than that. And it is faced here in our America today. Apathy. We are living in the middle of the who cares generation. The whatever and the never mind ideology coupled with the if it makes you happy theology has created an atmosphere where nothing is real or truth or important. It's just whatever. Gender, whatever. Religion, whatever. Marriage, whatever. Jesus, who cares? His name could be Mohammed or Gandhi or Krishna, whatever. Salvation, you mean karma? Whatever. Heaven, never mind. Hell, you really? You kidding? Whatever. Truth. Whose truth? My truth or your truth? Eh, whatever. Church? Church? Whatever. What is God's plan for that? What we read, <clears throat> Acts chapter 1, takes us to Jesus' last day on earth, last moments on earth, just before he leaves back to heaven. There are no more miracles to be performed. There are no more signs and wonders. No more feeding the 5,000. No more opening the blind's eyes. No more crucifixion or resurrection. All that has been done already. There are no more sermons, no more preaching, no more new revelation to be given. He's ready to depart. It's the last moments before he goes back to heaven. His disciples are with him. And these are his last words, his departing words to them. 
stay in Jerusalem. In a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. When that happens, you will receive power. Then you will be my disciples. You will go into all the world. You will preach this gospel to every creature. You will make disciples of all the nations. When that happens. He told them, all authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. So the one who has all authority is giving us this commission. We called it the Great Commission. Go and share this message. Go and tell the nations about this gospel message. Preach the gospel to every creature. And the gospel message is not just an option. It is a call to repentance. It is a call to believe. It is a call to follow. Why the gospel? Romans 1 and verse 16, the apostle Paul writes, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel, it is the eternal message of God. It is the power of God that brings salvation. It is a divine message. It is not a human theory. It is not a human philosophy. It is a divine message whose sole purpose is to bring salvation to mankind. And it is God's power to save the gospel. The power in the Great Commission, it is that those who carry the gospel would be clothed with power from on high. Luke chapter 24, verse 40 to 49, Jesus says, you will be clothed with power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So we have the message is the gospel, which is the power of God. And we have those who carry the gospel in power with the Holy Spirit so all in all, in order to carry this message with power, not only the message needs to be the gospel, but those bringing the message need to be clothed with the power of God to deliver it. Jesus says in Acts 1 and verse 8, this is the promise of the Father. This is the promise of the Father that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Holy Spirit. And people raise their hand and say, what is the Holy Spirit? Well, let me tell you, the very fact that you ask that question tells me you don't know much about the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit is not a what. The Holy Spirit is a who. The question is, who is the Holy Spirit? God is not giving you something. God is giving you someone. We call it the third person of the Trinity. It is God in us. It is God coming and living inside, inside of us in order to, deliver, to give us power so we can carry on with this message. Yes, the odds seem so great. It seems we are defeated before we even start. 
We feel like the world has gone so crazy, there is no answer, therefore we just retrieve and try to keep our faith. Well, let me tell you, we're not defeated right off the start because this thing has been going on for 2,000 years and we're still here. There is no defeat. The enemy could have defeated this church 2,000 years ago, but it's still around. The enemies could have stopped the gospel 2,000 years ago, but it's still going on. Therefore, we're not in the retrieval business. We are in the forward-moving business because Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Therefore, we need to stand up and we need to realize that what we have, it is the power of God that the world needs. The promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit. He's himself coming to us. He's not a thing. He's not something that comes and goes it is God's manifest presence in the sold-out believer's life. In the one that comes and says, here I am on my knees again. In the one that says, I surrender. In the one that says, I want to know you more. In the one that says, fill me up. Until it overflows. The Holy Spirit is the power in the believer. Just listen to that. The gospel is the power in the message. The Holy Spirit is the power in the messenger. And the word is power. The word is not authority. Those are two different words. It doesn't say he's going to give us authority. No, he says he's going to give us power. The policeman in the middle of the crossroad trying to stop the traffic represents authority. He doesn't have the power to stop the traffic. He represents authority. And those who respect the authority will stop because he is giving the sign for them to stop. Authority is what Jesus has. All authority. But what he has given us is power. What does that mean? It means it can be stopped. What we carry cannot be stopped. Isaiah says, or God through Isaiah said, my word will not come back to me void, but will accomplish that for which I sent it. So if the word of God, the gospel of Jesus, is the power of God unto salvation, and God sent that word, for the salvation purpose, that message carries power to accomplish that for which it was sent. But it's sent through people. It's sent through us. Therefore, he empowers us to carry this message forth to accomplish the purpose of God, which is the salvation of mankind. How is that you and I got around to know him? 2,000 years later. So what is the secret weapon? Jesus says, upon this 
rock I will build my church. What is the secret weapon? It's a mobilized church sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the secret weapon. Because in the eyes of the world, what authority does the church have? Zip, zero, none. In the world's affairs, how much power does the church represent? Zero, zip, none. And God says, that's right. I've chosen that which is small to bring down that which is great. I have chosen that which represents nothing to bring to its need that which represents everything. For he has placed his power in us. What is his secret weapon? A mobilized church sharing the gospel of Jesus with the world. The, his secret weapon is each believer filled with the Holy Spirit walking in that power. Have you read the book of Acts? A few months ago, we went through the book of Acts and we read, and we, our desire to read the book of Acts was we wanted to know how is that this church got started, how it got mobilized, how, we, how, how they did what they did, and all along we found these were just regular people who were not supposed to amount to anything, that they just said, God, I'm here, fill me with your power, use me, and spend me as you wish. And he took them, and he used them, and he transformed the world. At one point, at one point, the Jewish religious leaders told the apostles Peter and John, they said, we told you to stop preaching on the name of Jesus, and now you have filled this city with that name. Ho, ho, ho. I want that accusation. I want people to tell us that. You're filling all this valley with Jesus thing. All of Oceano and Grover and Arroyo and all the five cities are filled with Jesus thing because you ain't, don't stop talking about it. What moves you? Later on, in the same gospel, in the same book of Acts, it is Paul and Silas who are accused. And they take him and they want to beat him up and put him in jail. And the accusation is, these men are causing trouble in the whole world. Wow. How can that be? That was the Roman Empire. How could two men be causing trouble in the Roman Empire? Then later on, the Apostle Paul says, that even in the house of Caesar, the gospel had penetrated and changed lives. How could that be? It is a church mobilized, sharing the gospel, wherever they go, whoever they meet. It is believers filled with the Holy Spirit, sold out on this faith thing that they have nothing else to talk about. What are, they, what are we going to talk about? Politics? No, that's the topic of today. Three, four, a year from now, nobody's going to remember anything. We'll be getting ready for the next election. Economics? Unemployment? Aches and pains? 
What do you want to talk about? Want to talk about something that matters? There's only one thing that matters. Let's put it this way. Today we die. Where will we be a minute later? That's the question that matters. You may say, well, I don't believe in heaven or hell. Do you think they're going to disappear because you don't believe in them? Somebody may come and say, you're wasting your time. God does, is not real. Heaven doesn't exist. Salvation is a myth. All that thing doesn't, is not real. Let me tell you one thing. What if you're wrong? Want to take the chance? From my perspective, I'd rather live the way I live, believe what I believe, and be wrong. I lost nothing. Flip the coin. Let's look at it from your side. Do whatever you want, however you want, live whatever. And you find later that you were wrong. There's only one thing that matters. Whether truth is truth, and that truth will save us, or truth doesn't exist, and it doesn't matter. Take your pick. I've chosen to believe the truth is truth, and truth has a name, and that name is Jesus. And there is no other name given under heaven so men may live. And there is no other way to the Father but through Jesus Christ. And if that is true, then that means that those who believe in Christ Jesus have been given this Holy Spirit and down, have given this power so they can move on in power, so they can carry this gospel and share it with everybody. And it doesn't matter whether it's ISIS or whether it's anyone else. It is the power of God that saves. What your political affiliation is, what your social economic status is, what your, what your racial background is, nothing matters. The only thing that matters is, do you know who Jesus is? If I were to ask you to make a list of the people you know, friends, relatives, neighbors, that you're not sure whether or not they know who Jesus is. How many names will you write in that list? Would there be more than one? Now let me ask you the next question. What if that person or those people 
would not wake up alive tomorrow. And you had the chance to share Jesus, and you did not. And you may say, well, I'm embarrassed. I don't know what to say. I don't know the Bible real well. I don't know chapter and verse. I didn't go to seminary. All you need to do is pray. For if you are a believer, then the Holy Spirit is inside you and He is going to give you the power to say whatever you need to say to whomever you need to say it. And at the end of the conversation, you're going to walk away thinking, where did that come from? They're going to ask you questions. You're going to answer the questions. You're going to walk away from that conversation saying, where did that come from? Then you're going to remember oh, there's power that is working inside of me, leading me and guiding me and giving me the words. All I needed to do is come alongside those people that I know and give an opportunity for God's Holy Spirit to move me. So it's not about a strategy or a clever evangelistic tool. It is about the church of the living Christ being the spirit-filled church Christ ordained it to be. How is it going to happen? When we fall on our faces and plead with God to open our hearts, first to see Him, then to see the world as He sees it. First song that we sang, Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. We want to see you, that then we can see the world as you see the world. When we fall on our knees and pray, that our own apathy be removed, that our own whatever mentality be ripped off as we repent. When we fall on our knees and pray to be filled, and do not leave that place of prayer until we are filled with God's power, faith, spirit, vision, and purpose. Then and only then, the secret weapon can and will be displayed, and the world will be won for Christ. Jesus said, if your child asks you, for bread. Will you give him a stone? If he asks you for an egg, will you give him a serpent? Then he adds, if you give good things to your children when they ask you, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit for those to those who ask him? So the question is, have you asked them to fill you with the Spirit? When I came to Jesus, He sealed me. He saved me. He forgave me. He gave me the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now I must walk in the fullness of that. I need to come and say, God, I want to serve you. 
God, I want to be used by you. God, I want you to, to show me what you see, that I may be the tool that you need in your hands to be used. But I can on my own strength. I can on my own a, a, a talent, ability. You know me. I'm, I'm frail. I'm limited. So, Father, please fill me with your spirit. Remove from me that which has been hindering the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Take away from my mind all those whatever thoughts that come to me sometimes. I want to know you. I want to serve you. Fill me with your spirit. And stay in that prayer until, until it happens. And you may say, how long will that take us? I have things to do. I don't know. It's God's timing. And you may ask, how am I going to know when, when it happens? Oh, you'll know. Uh, trust me, you'll know. Will the lights flicker? <laughs> no, nothing like that. But in here, you will know. So as we come to this season of training for sharing our faith and all of that, I want us to keep in our mind no amount of training, no amount of classes, no amount of knowledge, no amount of programs will ever change the world except the gospel of Jesus Christ preached presented and lived out by spirit-filled believers who are sold out for Jesus Christ. Jesus, we thank you so much. You are the one that went to the cross for us. You bled and died for us. That was the only way that our sins may be forgiven that we could be reconciled to God. That was the only way to open up a way for humanity to come to know God. You were placed in the tomb. Three days you stay there. And on the third day, you rose again with power. Came out victorious over death, grave, and sin. And you gave us this commission. You said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. But then you also said that we would be filled with power from on high when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. 2,000 years of history has gone by and your church through the ages have been moving forward, carrying this gospel, moved by this power. And we find ourselves now here. We don't want to invent programs. 
We don't want to come up with good ideas. We want to go and immerse ourselves in your word and fall on our knees and pray and plead that all our human conceptions may washed away, all our whatever mentality may be just ripped off, that we may see the world as you see it, in desperate need, and that we may seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit, moved with your power, that we may share our lives with others, for the life that now is in us, it is the life of Jesus. We love you, God. But we love you because you loved us first. And as a family of believers, we come together. As we want to get closer to you and know you more and surrender ourselves and lay down our human conceptions and ideologies and carnality and learn to walk in the Spirit. We come together around this table to meet with Jesus. For it is He who said, after blessing the bread, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. And after blessing the cup, he said, Take and drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant. I will not drink it again until... I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom.